Welcome back to season 11, episode three of the Digital Orthopedics Podcast, where we bring you the extraordinary lectures from the DocSF Experience 2023. My name is Dr. Stefano Bini, and I'll be your host for this podcast. In our next episode, we'll hear from Dennis Boyle from IDEO. He'll be talking about how to use um, design thinking in the startup world. So please join me as we welcome Dennis Boyle to the DocSF stage. Thanks very much for that introduction. And it's great to follow Mohan. My talk is design thinking and thinking like a designer, but I think I'm going to have to evolve it to design thinking and thinking like a designer with your AI. So we'll see where that goes. But anyway, we're going to a bit about IDEO. We were friends at Stanford in the 70s. We're in a program called Product Design. We started right down on University Avenue above a coffee shop. That's us in the early 80s. Uh, that's me with no gray hair and big 70s glasses. We had one computer then. We're now we're 600 people. We're in a number of offices in the US, Asia, and Europe. We were industrial designers and mechanical engineers. We did medical products, high-tech products, computing products of all sorts. We're now we're 20 different disciplines, 20 different areas of business. As Stefano said, I help guide the health side of the business, medical product design and medical health systems. Some early work, or first commercial mice for jobs and for gates, the first handheld computers for Palm and Handspring. That's my, the first camera, that's my four-year-old son in the upper right, who's now 28. So that dates that. The first insulin pens and auto injectors for Eli Lilly, the first laptops for Grid, and first AED for a startup in San Jose, Heartstream, which is now owned by uh, Philips. But the heart of this work is this process of design thinking, used with multidisciplinary teams. It's a kind of a balancing act. It's, it's a human-centered it's approach, and it's a balancing act between people factors, business factors, and technical factors. And innovation is some sort of balancing act, but we have found that if you don't start with what people need, with what's desirable, you'll end up in the wrong place. There's three main buckets. A lot of people want to skip the first phase, which is the inspiration phase. They want to go right to ideation, right to implementation, get this thing going, get this thing out there. But if you skip this one phase, this inspiration, gaining empathy, well, again, you'll end up in the wrong place. That's kind of why we have a job. It starts with gaining empathy. That means getting out there. We call this design research. It's a search for inspiration. It's human factors, anthropology, psychology, design. It's not surveys and focus groups at the beginning. It's more about inserting yourself in context and experiencing whatever the challenge is, whatever the problem is. We're doing an IV drip controller and we saw this kind of scene a number of times. Well, we got the idea that we better make this one-handed operation. So we're trying to watch what people are doing and saying, but trying to get at what they're thinking and what they're feeling. And you're setting yourself up by looking at the patients, the users, the customers, whatever, through cognitive or emotional or physical lenses or social or cultural, trying to set yourself up for success at the beginning by understanding people as well as you can. And this is kind of cool with Dr. Vale. We also use this quote as a bit of our philosophy, the future's already here, it's just not widely distributed. So there's lots of techniques, a couple that I'll just hit. And one is designed for the needs of extreme users. There's a diagram that we love to refer to. Most of the people in patients or customers or users, they're in the middle of this bell curve. It's classic. But 
if you look carefully at people at the fringes, you'll get more disruptive ideas. And sometimes you'll be able to design something much better that works for the whole population by carefully understanding what the extremes, whether they're very young or very old or very novice or very expert or very small or very large. Looking at these populations gives you some more disruptive insights. Here we are designing kitchen gadgets for a Swiss company called Xylus. And that means looking at people teaching their children how to cook, people that are disabled trying to cook, people that are in a fast food restaurant trying to cook, people in a professional situation trying to cook, people that just like wooden implements for some reason. So all these give you some insights. Here we're doing a hiking sandal. So that means looking at people that look army boots and sports wear and people that don't like to wear shoes and podiatrists and people that have an uncommon attraction to feet, which is not that hard to find in San Francisco, it turns out. I did this in a workshop recently and one fellow was seven foot one and another fellow, his friend who was five foot two came to me and said, well, we want to represent the extremes, so we want to be in your slideshow. So here they are. There's one design challenge looking at the extremes is Many Americans, 60 million are on five medications or more. And this turns out to be a giant nightmare of carrying bags of pill bottles around. And Sunday night, trying to put all your medications into these pill reminders, which invariably you make mistakes and you're out of some prescription. So this was a big effort to see if that could be addressed. And this was a startup in Boston area. And they started calling themselves Pill Pack part of the way through this. So lots and lots of insights by how people remember to take their pills, lots of prototypes and paper and experiments with people and watching them, figuring this out and, and figuring out how to ship things to people on the web, experiments, prescriptions in malls, trying to figure out what might work. And out of this whole process came this idea and a design for an online pharmacy. And this turned out to be what people needed. You could just manage all this with your phone and the back end would take care of all the renewals and re-prescriptions. And it just turned out to be a successful combination. And you would get your medications by UPS once a week. It had little sachets, little envelopes to the date, the day and the time on them. And so this was so successful, it moved from adherence in this group from 65% to the mid-90s percentage. So really successful. And then, so Amazon bought them, and this is Amazon's online pharmacy now. But again, looking at the extremes was valuable here. Look for inspiration in analogous situations in industries. Look for processes that are analogs, not necessarily the same. I mean, if when we're out trying to just redesign an OR, well, that, of course, means looking at many different ORs all over the country and beyond, looking for ideas, large, medium, small, and what goes on and best practices. But you can also get ideas by looking at other processes just like this. So we've got a lot of ideas around looking at pit crew change. So lots of training and lots of redundancy and equipment and uh, ability to change the plans on a dime. We also got a lot of ideas about how to do this by watching high-end restaurant crews do their work and have a lot of things pre-prepared so that they could do fine meals in a short period of time. After all these years, I've got a collection of things that I kind of put in the category of gaining a designer's mindset. If you could leave here with a few of these ideas, I think that's a success.
one thing is cultivating an awareness of what's good design and what's not and take pictures. Well, remember when ketchup didn't come out of the glass bottle? Then designers discovered gravity and a squeeze bottle and things have been much better. How about this? Now you can understand when you can't park because the parking signs look like your phone. <laughs> Our world is filling up with plastic, but now there's compostable plastic. Great idea. This piece of software called Waze it helps you divert around a blockage. Well, or if there's no diversion, at least tells you how long you're going to be in the traffic jam. Clever. I spent some time in Rome last year, and they put art on all their scaffolds, which is, it seems like a lovely idea. Or in 2010, all of a sudden, the, a little arrow started showing up on the gas gauge, right or left, which was a brilliant idea. I didn't even remember my own car's side, which sometimes, so that was a great piece of design. Designers discovering the wheel here for luggage. I love bicycles. I have this Brompton folding bike that folds up to acetate, a small suitcase, just a lovely piece of gear. Drinking fountains, there's one outside here that helps you fill up your water bottles. Or This is the Peloton, which I think is a beautiful piece of hardware, software, social bit. Here's General Electric, the adventure series. The, the design team there tried to solve the problem of young children being scared out of their wits to go through their scanners. Well, they said, well, maybe we should make it an adventure and tried lots of things like going into space, going under the sea, going into the jungle, and it was so successful that children asked their parents if they could go back. <laughs> really, here's a poor idea. Somebody adjusting my volume with their elbow on the aircraft seat. Bad design. Then this one is, which marketing genius put this on a downward escalator? Why not the upward one or something? Here's a new Apple mouse. Well, Beautiful, works well, it's rechargeable, but can't use it if you're recharging it. Someone forgot something there. Here's another one. If you don't want children to eat your laundry packs, don't make them look like candy. If you don't want people to drink your bleach, don't make them look and smell and be called fruit juice names. That's just, who would have thought? And if you don't want people to eat your bubble bath, don't make them look like honey and don't put them in the same containers that honey is in. This has been fixed more or less by auto manufacturers, but for the first few years, a lot of problems because they were trying to save money on with a little display and not have as much mechanism for the uh, automatic shift. Well, people were getting out of their cars not in park because they thought it was in park. So if you're going to change a paradigm, be careful. And here's another one, these EpiPen. It's very effective if used as directed. But there's a problem because when you take the cap off a pen or a syringe, that's the business end. But this case, this blue safety release really is exactly that. But the needle comes out of the other end. And if you don't remember this or you're in a panic situation or it's a dark or it's something, well, you make a mistake and... All this medication goes into your thumb. So again, careful of how you design things because people will make mistakes if they think it's going to act some other way. So look for the workaround. Cultivate an awareness of what are people doing to solve a problem. Practice noticing people's behaviors. How many ways can you hold a door open? What's wrong here? This last one was because people were trying to recycle, but there's no place to recycle, so they're hoping to do it. And this one, some of my not very tall colleagues at IDEO are making a, lots of ways to work around how to hold your monitor up. And they're using paper from the copy center, and there's three reams of paper. Here's four reams of paper. Here's five reams of paper. 
or six. And here's the model shop couldn't make any copies. So they made these lovely little stands. And so that saved some paper, but then people would put paper underneath these things. And well, you can't make this stuff up. Where do you put your baby when you're trying to tie your shoe? Luckily, after, here's a blood vial holding a door open. Here's an intern that had six cell phones because he's on the night shift. This connected him to the six families. Here he's, another one's taking a screenshot of a, an x-ray. He says, I'm not supposed to do it this way, but it's so much easier. So here's an OR team making a holster out of a towel. Here's an OR team using the patient's toes as a monitoring lead organizational system. Here's somebody trying to figure out what's in each of these pill bottles. Clever, clever. Here's something near and dear to you. Here's an orthopedic surgical team cutting titanium to install in a patient's back and hurting themselves and the patient in the process. So we got to design uh, tools for Medtronic in this case. Here's an elderly gentleman trying to read his blood glucometer with a flashlight. Here's a 90-year-old woman who says, I have no trouble opening my pill bottles. And she took us into her room or kitchen and cut the top off with her meat slicer. The last bit is watch for signs. If people are putting signs on things, that means they don't get what the red X means or they don't get all those icons. A word is worth a thousand icons. So sometimes you got to just put a word there because other people will do it. They don't get it. Is it locked or unlocked? Where do I park my or lock my bikes if I can't do it to here? Where do I camp here? <laughs> Some of these are funny. Signs don't work if you don't have an alternative. And then sometimes signs are just funny. Okay, they're prohibited on this, accidents are prohibited on this road. Why don't we prohibit accidents on all roads then? Where's a fire extinguisher? Here's some design cleverness to see make you notice it. I just noticed this on the way into the bathroom here, nursing well done guys. And here's a sharp razor blade ad. Well, fake birds that are at the bottom. Here's use electricity wisely. Here's stop always, no stopping anytime, right? Or press green button for exit or green button is for emergency only. What is it? What is it? Is it an exit or is it not an exit? Here's one where you might want to have a better sign than just little. You don't want to mix these up. Or I dare you find one of these machines that isn't full of little signs trying to help you because they're so poorly designed. It's maddening sometimes just to see these. But then sometimes you see something kind of elegant, simple. Or if you're with designers, they are clowning around all the time. Or, well, of course, yes, use water, not the elevator. Or snow and bacon flavored water. Nice. Or may contain nuts. The revolution has begun. I saw this in an airport. I'm the king of metal right before the metal detector. I thought it was kind of ironic. Yes, parking reserve for green vehicles. Well, maybe I don't think they meant this muscle car. And you know, sometimes you have to look at the labels and they're very clever, funny, and you can't make this up. looks like the advertising is everywhere. All right, so in conclusion, be a design researcher, search for inspiration directly from people, recognize good and bad design, recognize and notice workarounds, and watch for signs. And a thing that I didn't really get to, but I feel very strongly about and do workshops and talks on is human health is equal to climate health. So we need to take this to heart. So... There you have it. Best way to predict the future is to invent it. Think and act like a designer. Thanks, Stefano. So we heard about having innovation mindset, now designer mindset. I'm going to ask you the same question that asked, we're going to go back to our worlds. How should we think about designing our world as we move into it? 
Well, you always have to start again, like, what's the real problem? And, and all of us are well-educated and have a great deal of experience, so don't fall into the trap of thinking that you know what the problem is. You gotta start from first principles and go out with patients, with users, with customers, with whoever, because things are changing by the week now, as we well know. So you have to actually start with users. That's uh, one of my main tenets here. Love the idea. Don't, don't start by thinking you know what the problem is. That, that's important. We all have a tendency to do that. Thank you so much, Dennis. Sure thing. Always a pleasure. And thank you for supporting DocSF all these years. Thank you for listening to the Digital Orthopedics Podcast. If you find the talks as incredibly informative and topical as we did, please do share this podcast with your friends and leave us a nice review on your podcast player of choice. It would mean a lot if you did. Thank you.